0: So there I was, sitting by the pool this past weekend with my beautiful wife of seven years celebrating our anniversary, a little early. We had a little staycation this past weekend and um, really enjoyed it. And in fact, uh, got a lot of time to just, as you like to say, veg out
1: by Veg the pool. out
0: you know, just relax and kind of soak in the water and, uh, go out to eat at night and rest and watch movies. And we just had a really good time together.
1: That is fantastic. And, um, I know we're talking about fun things to do, but I can't help but It goes straight to, you know, the amount of time you spend with the Lord and your wife or husband is so important in well, establishing intimacy.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we went on a prayer walk yesterday on the golf course where our hotel was and, uh, just prayed together, yeah and uh, and then we read by the pool, you know read the Bible read read a book and uh just really enjoyed ourselves and now it's back back to life but you know life is fun too we were saying that on the way back you know back to reality so to speak yeah. but but we love our reality which exactly. is a fun place to be
1: but the reason you love your reality is because you take these times out to replenish nourish yourself and your relationship nourish your relationship with the Lord and then that's what he said I've come to give you life and life more abundantly and um, oftentimes we try to create that life ourselves or we try to create it without him in the mix so I'm so excited that you're celebrating I can't believe this is going on your eighth year, then you've been married seven years in October, correct?
0: Right. And right. that
1: is gone so fast. It has. Seven years, three children. Mm-hmm. How exciting. Five, three and a half, and nearly a year, be a year in uh, October for your youngest. And um, how much blessing you've had. It's been so I really neat. have. Praise yeah. the Lord. He's yeah. been
0: so good. He always is. Well, welcome everyone to the Totally Transformed podcast. We were just kind of giving you a little slice of our life there at the beginning and uh, in fact uh, you guys mom and dad watched our children while we were away so thank you for that
1: you're welcome we had such a great time having tea parties and watching a movie or two ourselves, and playing hide and seek and lion and camp out in our bed and
0: your All children have, have great rules, imaginations
1: Great imaginations.
0: Flexible rule games that are made up on the fly as little there we kids go. Imaginations and imaginations like There's like no like to end
1: do. to those. You know, we played a game named Sniff, where we were the dog owners and they were the puppies. Oh, how yeah. fun. Yeah.
0: So today we're continuing our series on the two streams. Um, we've done two parts to this series so far. And in fact, this will be part three on the two streams. Last time we talked about really... The five R's to victory in your thought life Mm -hmm. and cognitive restructuring, renewing your mind in the word of God. And if you haven't had the chance to hear that one, we'd invite you to go back and listen to that and really listen to the first two parts, because now we're moving on to the steps to healing or the second stream, which is how to be healed once your thoughts and your mind is renewed.
1: And we're just basically talking all together about transforming your soul your mind that thinks, imagines, and remembers, setting your will to have your mind transformed through the five hours to victory to your thought life, which you can listen to that podcast, what that looks like, because if your mind's not renewed, according to Romans 12, 2, you're going to be defeated. And then your emotions follow. And so that's the cognitive restructuring piece you're talking about. Then you have to connect that with if you've been wounded or rejected, not getting the love you need in the way you needed it from the time you needed it, from whom you needed it in the past, that's our definition of rejection. In other words, you were not loved. So many are not loved in their childhood experiences that um, go on to be rejecting adult experiences. So today we're talking about the second stream when you're healed of your wounds and your broken heart, and out of wounds and broken hearts come lies also. Then you then those two streams come together where you're thinking the word, the truth of God, which is renewing your mind. You've called down the lies and strongholds of behavior that have come from being wounded. And you've gone through the steps of healing. So today we're specifically going to talk about what we need in order to go through those steps. There's two things uh, people and we have people produce so that we have a structure or something to look at to define both their wounds and the lies that they may be thinking and you as we said last time you have to think about what you're thinking about so the lie chart i call it which we're going to talk about probably the next time is definitely something that helps you get in touch well yeah i do think that i'm not worthy i do think i'm not loved but today we're going to talk about making a timeline describing what that is that will definitely define or describe your bad memories or your traumas.
0: And we're going to have a sample timeline or we have a sample timeline up on the website totallytransform.org on the resources tab and you can download that both the sample and a blank version of it so that you can work on it yourself and make your own timeline, but it's really very simple. It's simply a matter of taking a spiral notebook or a blank sheet of paper, drawing a line down the middle of it from top to bottom and a line across the top and putting good memories on the left side and bad memories on the right side and then breaking your life down into five-year segments, starting really with age zero or as far back as you can remember.
1: Yeah, and uh, what we're trying to say here is most people, if you've had traumatic memories, if you want to look at it biologically or physiologically, they are recorded on on the different parts of the brain, specifically the amygdala and um, other areas where you feel deep, sad emotions and you remember some things. And, you know, people might be saying zero to five. That's so long ago, depending how old you are. But, you know, what happens to you from zero to five? They say uh, everything you need to know in life you learn in kindergarten. That's a book when you go to kindergarten which is five and basically psychology thinks your personality basic temperament is um, formed from zero to five so if you've had trauma and rejection in those years you're not going to have a lot of things listed but you could have a few and i mean we're going to give you some samples today on the podcast and as lance said the sample timeline will be up Um, i also wanted to say lance before we go into that explanation That we, you know, our spirit, again, we live in a body and we have a soul. And your spirit is instantly justified when you're saved. Your body will be instantly glorified when you die to go to heaven if you're saved. But your soul, the mind that thinks, imagines, and remembers the will and emotions, is going through a lifetime process of sanctification. And we're basically talking about bringing the soul or the flesh under a strong spirit. And if the soul is damaged, it can affect your spirit in a negative way. And so we have a diagram, you might want to put this up too, that if the spirit's strong, it's going to have a positive effect on the soul body. And even over the world and Satan, you will have a great influence as you deal with what you can influence, which is yourself and the people in your circle of influence, those hearts that are turned towards you. But the opposite could happen if you're, even if you're saved. Your spirit can be justified instantly, but if your soul is not continually being sanctified, then the world, Satan, your body, and soul can have a negative impact on your spirit, and then you're usually all caught up with concerns. You know, I have this saying, though it it concerns me, it's not my concern. I have to remind myself of that a lot because I'm a kind of intense individual, but you can really be bogged down with what Satan's saying to you and the whole world and everything that depletes you. In your spirit.
0: Yeah, we'll have that up as well. It's the diagram of our Triune Being. Right. And then the diagram of our priorities will also be up on the resources tab of totally And we're also linking to that from Twitter. If you follow us on Twitter at T O T Transformed, we'll have the link to those resources there as well for you to look at and or download. Um, so what are some examples of your good memories on this sample timeline starting ages zero to five?
1: Well, um, I also, and you mentioned this, but I just want to reiterate, when people do this for us in order to get ready to go through the steps of healing their soul, the reason why you said we divide a piece of paper or whatever you're doing, if you're typing it down the middle, is because I think it's important for people to think about the good memories they had too. Uh, If you've been very wounded and traumatized, this can be a a difficult task. Um, I tell people if it's too difficult, do it just in sections. Do zero to five, and we'll go over that and then do six to 11, and then 12 to 17. But if you think of the good memories along with the bad ones or the or the traumas, that can at least not be so difficult to process, especially if you know that you're making this as a template, so to speak, in order to go over healing, and these things will be resolved.
0: And it adds some enjoyment to it there. Correct, right? you know, I it mean... kind
1: of balances it out, And right. because most people have some good memories too. So I have this sample timeline. It's it's in the book Saved But Not Free as well, as long as well as some of the other things we're talking about in these podcasts. And you can then, as Lance said, find these up at, at uh, the website, totallytransformed.org. But for example, on my good memory side, and the reason why I say five-year segments, we say five-year segments, is because that's about, you know, you can remember in five-year segments the good and bad things. If you've had a terribly horrific childhood you could use different ranges of of age spans but this is a good place to start and um on so on the left side i have zero to five Good memory. Playing with my friends around the church, my three-year-old birthday party, singing at summer picnics on the stage, having a loving sister. And notice on the timeline, you don't write a book or a paragraph. I mean, you can if you want to. But the idea is that if you're praying or praying with somebody, you know, usually the people that we minister to are praying with somebody, with us, with me or somebody Um, You you can just have a a couple words or or a statement of the good or bad memory, and then you can flesh it out talking about it before you go through the lies that you believed in these memories and the steps to healing, which is subsequent
0: steps to this timeline. I just wanted to know what what happened at your three-year-old birthday party.
1: Well, it was kind of exciting. I had some friends over, and I remember that there was – I remember specifically the cake and – Um, the candles and blowing them out. I think probably when I tell you about the bad memories of zero to five, there was a lot of tension going on in my home. So I think that this must have stuck out. Maybe my other birthday parties were not celebrated, or maybe this was one that was the first celebrated at three years old. Um, Because, you know, my mother actually, I could have put this on the bad memories. I didn't really remember this. Someone told me later that my mother had a nervous breakdown when she was carrying me because she was so emotionally distraught with what was going on in the ministry and in her marriage. But at any rate, that sticks out in my mind. I I specifically remember my dad putting me up on um, the stage at the summer picnic uh, pavilions because he he and my mom were co-pastors of a church in Fitchburg, Massachusetts and um, you know singing a couple songs I still know the words to the songs you know, so that was really a highlight, you know, and I had, a, I guess, a good little voice back then. I don't know what happened to it now. I don't know, but it must have been give or they thought sample. it or maybe it Come was on, just, give us a sample. Maybe it was just cute. You know, mommy told me something a little girl should know. It's all about the devil. And I learned to hate So, So let the sun shine in, face it with a grin and so forth. You know, it's amazing those things that happen to you in your memory that are really reiterated. See, this is repeated. Um, really stick with you. I mean, I'm 66 years old, okay? So that, you know, is what we're talking about. Now, when you look at the sample timeline, either in the book or at the website, I'm just giving you a few things. Um, I could have probably listed more things as we go along, but it whets your appetite as to how to do it for
0: you. And it's really whatever comes to mind is what you would correct, put down on correct. the timeline. And
1: I have a page, you know, in my book that describes that we're not looking for... Uh, repressed memories that are so deep and horrific that you might need another process to get to them. We're talking about the ones that you can remember because I have found over the years of ministry that if you go after these uh, that you will be brought to a, a place of wholeness and a process of how to stay free. And I'm going to talk about load-bearing hurts in just a minute, but I want to talk about my bad memories.
0: Yeah, what were your bad memories, zero to five?
1: Yeah, I got lost in the woods. Uh, actually, two of teenage girls took us up there when I was about four or five and said, if you sit on this rock, you'll start to have a horsey ride. And they left us in the dark in the woods, or it was dusk. Uh The next thing I remember is the police officer bringing me into my home, and my mother was absolutely frantic. I don't remember many more details from that, but that obviously was a bad, fearful memory. Um, I remember my dad, even when I was in the crib, I think you know maybe two, maybe three I don't know how long I was in a crib, but at any rate, um he would just put his hand on me and I'd be crying, and I'd stop immediately. I'm surmising that I already was fearful of him, even then, uh, because I think he, I don't think, he was pretty angry, he was pretty uh, physically and verbally angry, and I think I picked that up, even as a very young child. And then I remember that anger and tension, you know, as, as I got a little bit older, and then when I was five and went to kindergarten, I had an accident at school. Actually, this is kind of funny. It was an accident where I actually um, went potty in my pants, but I didn't have any a buddy, I was walking home, walking home from school at five years old. That kind of shows you the amount of supervision I had. And it was traumatic to me. I mean, um,
0: you were probably embarrassed, afraid someone was going to see that you had wet your pants.
1: Exactly. Actually, it was worse than that. And I remember trying to walk all the way home, you know, dealing with that. Um, But more than that, I think it just denotes that I shouldn't have been walking home by myself at that point. I mean, it was a better time in the fifties, uh, 1950s, but still, um, I remember that vividly. So that gives you just a, a wet your appetite, a small sample of what people might put good and bad between zero to five on either side of this timeline division. And uh, before we go forward, I just wanted to say that Um, What I've found is usually people have about a dozen what I call load-bearing hertz. Well, Why they're called load-bearing is usually people can understand that when you build a building, you have load-bearing walls. Those are the ones that hold most of the weight. And if they were taken down, you would compromise the integrity of the building. But you can take some less load-bearing walls, like between rooms, and just make bigger rooms if you want to. And so if you put that analogy to your hertz... There's definitely some hurts that hurt worse and are very more traumatic to you. And so um, usually, you know, sometimes we go over a timeline from zero on forward. More and more, I've done that in the last several years because I want to make sure no stone is unturned. But other people could just look at, you know, they could literally list what they remember is maybe about a dozen of their most traumatic memories. I mean there's no set in concrete the way this needs to go. What I'm trying what we're trying to get across to you that are listening to these podcasts is that usually we don't go back, think about those traumas, go through the steps that we're going to explain in a subsequent podcast and be free of the hurt, the rejection, the reactions, forgiveness, the lies and so forth. So, you know, the number that you go over is basically up to you. Um, You can go over an entire timeline from zero up to your present age, or you can do it the other way I said, but that describes the hurt, the type of hurt that you're going after.
0: All right, so that was zero to five. Uh, Now what about ages six to 11? Give us the good memories and the bad memories.
1: Okay, we moved to Ohio from uh, Massachusetts. Uh, My mom and dad came out of the ministry, which was not a good thing, but uh, the move was kind of fun for me because uh, in Ohio – Um, in the Vandalia area where my cousins, my dad's brother and his wife, my aunt and uncle, that were really pretty cool people. And so that was fun to to do that and kind of connect with family. Also in this time, I remember playing with my cousins and then we got together. Uh, I have the third thing listed here, holiday times with my family, because suddenly we went kind of from a vacuum of living in Massachusetts away from all family members to really being able to be together on the holidays. So those were the good things.
0: Yeah, I bet that was fun at that age.
1: Yeah, and I think it was really kind of healing to me because I'd had such a disconnect already from my primary caregivers.
0: All Um, right, the bad memories?
1: Yeah, I had a very mean teacher in the first grade. She traumatized me. Um, It's amazing, I can't remember her name, but I can't. But she was very stern and mean and... Uh, It seemed like she picked on me a lot. I don't know. I probably wasn't prepared for school because I didn't have much support. I don't know. I was always a good student, but um, I remember her being very stern, never smiling, um, you know, reprimanding me in class. um, And that was a bad memory. I mean, you know, in first grade, that's kind of your first authorities away from your parents. So you hopefully will get a kind teacher. Unfortunately, this was the public school. I'm not downing public schools. And yet I'm saying in a Christian school, if you have Christian children, the likelihood you're going to have somebody that loves Jesus and has a transformed heart and hopefully loves children is going to be more prevalent. I don't think this woman did either. She was very old. She probably needed to retire about 30 years (laughs) previous to that. But anyway, I remember that. Um, I found my dad with another woman um and this was actually in the second grade i came home because i walked home from school and knocked on the door and uh, nobody came and when he did he was very disheveled and i went in the living room and saw found an earring on the floor and then saw this woman running down the side yard of our house so i mean even at second grade between second and third grade i was i guess aware enough to know that this was not right Um, And then, you know, there was a big scene about that and a big fight, and my brother was involved, etc. And then um, I had a bad case of the measles. I mean, I was really, really sick. I guess then you didn't have shots, um, or maybe not shots for measles, or maybe my dad, who was very um, greedy and selfish with his money, we didn't go to the doctor very often which is another thing I could put down here, feeling sick and feeling like you know I wasn't getting cared for. But I just remember they put me in a bedroom because there was this um, principle, I don't know if it's true or a wives' tale, that you could um, affect your vision if you didn't stay in the dark, if you have measles. So, I mean, it was a very lonely and terrifying time. I mean, somebody was coming to check on me, but not probably in the way they should have. Um, I remember my parents fighting. Uh, notice that I have a lot more on the bad memory side than the good memory side, which might cause people to understand why I needed healing. Um, them fighting because they, they got a divorce when I was um, a young teenager. Um, I remember my mother leaving for shock treatments. My dad submitted her to shock treatments because he was unfaithful. He wanted her to forget the affairs. Um, she forget forgot Everything It affected her short-term memory, but she didn't forget the affairs. How can you forget something that's still going on is basically what I say in my book.
0: It's like something out of a movie. I mean, that (laughs) she was submitted for shock treatments like that. That's just hard to imagine.
1: And I remember at this young age, because I was the youngest of four children, that, I mean, I didn't understand shock treatments then. I just remember she was very emotionally distraught and upset, which upset me, of course, because she was upset. And then I had to... Let her go, and then when she came back, she was kind of in a weird, kind of what I'd say like a zombie state. I don't know. I don't understand all the ramifications, and yet I do because I'm a licensed psychologist. But bottom line, I didn't then. Um, I remember an abusive spanking uh, in anger from my dad. I was calling for my mom. I was in the bathtub taking a bath. My mom was giving me a bath. I didn't even know he was in the house, he had an office downstairs. And as an inpatient child will do at this age, Mom, come and get me out of the bathtub. Come and get me out of the bathtub. So all of a sudden, he comes in from behind into the door, picks me up out of the bathtub. I'm soaking wet and gives me a really hard spanking. Well, first of all, I didn't deserve it. Second of all, it was a shock. It wasn't like uh, you broke a rule. What did you do? Tell me I'm going to spank you to remind you not to do that again. Um, and then he basically dropped me back in the bathtub. It was really because he was very impatient. He had a rage of self-pity. And it bothered him that I was yelling, and he just didn't think I should do that. So he took his anger out on me. Uh, that's not the way you discipline your children, by the way. If you do discipline them, you they know why, and you restore them when you get done. Um, and you don't do it in anger or too abusively because those things stick with you. Um, I remember my dad beating my mom. Uh, one time she was in the bathtub she um, had I believe poison ivy and she was because I remember she had this blue stuff all over her for her poison ivy and they got in some kind of fight I don't know and he just kept slamming her down in the bathtub wouldn't let her get out Uh, of course my parents divorcing um, that's always traumatic particularly when you've had that kind of background and, you know, generally speaking, my dad being very angry and verbally abusive to all of us until we got out of that um, dysfunctional home scene.
0: Man, what moving memories. Um, it's obvious that the enemy meant harm for you and your brothers and sisters to have to endure all of that.
1: Yeah. I was uh, contacting um, someone today, um, a client that I'm going to see, and I was saying, you know, if you have this kind of background it's really hard to leave a home like this and go on and connect well with other people because you fear rejection you don't trust people um, these things are not healed they're recorded in your soul and your emotions in your heart in your mind and you realize which we're going to describe later I think in my own story that they are affecting you. And it's like you said, Satan's strategy, his choices, victims are children. Why? Because you are cognitively and spiritually immature, and your parents are supposed to be your examples of grace and love and godliness and training. And when it's just the opposite, you don't have a foundation. The Bible says if the foundations be destroyed, what can you do? Kind of in a rhetorical question, meaning if they're not restored you're in big trouble, just like a foundation of a house. If it's not strong, the house is in trouble. But it can be repaired. Foundations can be repaired. And that's why Jesus said in Isaiah 61 to... um Heal the brokenhearted in Luke four eighteen and 19, set at liberty those that are bound so that the people can be made oaks of righteousness, the planning of the Lord that he may be glorified and that we are supposed to be repairer of the breach, restorers of the streets to dwell in. Those are all analogies of rebuilding the streets and the foundations and an oak tree has deep roots that go down in the ground and they can draw sustenance and nourishment from the Lord. And you can see the your father and mother heart of God when you didn't have a, a earthly one.
0: It's interesting, whenever you see water, there are lots of trees and foliage around the water, whether right. it's a stream or a creek or a lake, there's always foliage because right. those trees, like you were just describing in Isaiah 61, talks about us becoming oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Right. Right. At those water sources is where the water is more prevalent and those trees go down, are able to go down deep and grow big and be healthy.
1: And, and piggybacking on what we said last time, if you're listening to the podcast in order, the reason why you need to meditate on the word is because Psalm 1 says, then you'll be like a tree planted by the waters whose leaf will not fade and grow and become dead in in the hard times. You're drawing the sustenance. You know, what's so great about our ministry, what's so great to my listening audience to be encouraged, no matter what has happened to you, at what stage in your life, Jesus has provided healing and deliverance for you through him. And you can shift to him, as I said, he's a father to the fatherless, he's a mother to the motherless, he's a husband to the husbandless. And he can also... Uh, not only heal you, but fill you up on a daily basis. As we started this podcast about spending intimate times with your primary people in your relationship and with the Lord, that can make up for any type of broken relationship and broken heart and wounded soul if you access these principles and continue with the principles to stay free.
0: All right, so let's move on to ages 12 to 17, the good memories of that phase of your life?
1: Well, I had a great teacher in the fifth grade. My mother actually was diagnosed with colon cancer in this stage, and she went through a year of horrendous treatment because back in the 60s, early 60s, they didn't know how to treat cancer. And so she was basically a guinea pig. And first they did uh, radiation, then they did some form of uh, chemotherapy, but it was just preliminary stages. Then they took everything out that could be taken out of all of her organs because it had Um, expanded in like cancer cells will do so I mean she just went through terrible suffering I was in the fifth grade she actually got a colostomy um, because they took out most of her or all of her rectum I think and most of her colon
0: wait a minute these are supposed to be good memories how does this become a good memory well
1: I'm going to tell you because that colostomy was just very traumatic to me you know you can imagine in the fifth grade you know, seeing your mother go through that, and then and then recognizing that she had a bowel on the side of her body that she was having to um, do that. But in fifth grade, um, I had a really great, caring, empathetic teacher, which I'm sure she knew more than I even knew that she knew what I was going through. You know, I was the child of a now single mother. My dad was very neglectful, and um, so and then she was very sick, and I had an older brother that was really helping me. But so she came up to me one day and she said. I understand that your mother had surgery and got this colostomy, and she was talking to me about it. And she said, Did you know that I have a colostomy? I mean, that was like three fourths through the middle, you know, through fifth grade. And of course, you know, she was functioning well and had gotten it under control, which people can do if you have those. Um, It's kind of a last resort if you have to take something out of your rectal area or bowels because it was uh, diseased. But she was trying to say to me, There's hope. You know, it may seem terrible to you. But it's really can be workable, and you could go on having a functioning, happy life. So that was just like a breath of fresh air. Man,
0: that'll almost make you cry, just for yeah. empathy and, and yeah. reaching out to you like that.
1: Exactly. And then um, I had a real loving school environment then. Lots of good friends and teachers like her. Uh, I won the spelling bee in the fifth grade because I always did well in school. Somehow I put all this stuff out and my my basically medication, uh, which I talk about in the book and we may talk about on these podcasts was achievement. I felt like if I could achieve and please people, then I was okay later learning that that became a stronghold, because if people weren't pleased, then I didn't feel well. But anyway, at the fifth grade, along this line, 12 to 17, or I guess this was like the sixth grade, I think by now, because this is 12, 17. And then in high school, I was actually inducted in the honor society. Now, my mother had died, and I was now living with my dad. That was a whole scenario that we'll talk about on the other side uh, of bad memories. But Again, I was still a great student and it was a great privilege It's a small percentage maybe 10-15% of this high school that was really really large being inducted in the honor society and I remember my dad coming cuz I called the parents up and so he participated but I had really not a very good relationship with him.
0: All right, and then the bad side and then we'll we'll wrap up the timeline. Yeah. From ages 12 to 17, the bad memories?
1: Yeah, and just so our listening audience knows, this is just an example. Again, you would go to 18 and 5 is 23, and then 23 to 28 if you were continuing on up to your present age. But the bad memories of 12 to 17, I moved into a poor school district when my mother died, or while she was dying. My dad had left us, as it was actually the projects of Dayton, Ohio, roach infested, I had to leave Um, another bad memory. I was in a high district um, of a suburb of Dayton called Kettering. And we were living with my sister because my mom and dad were divorced for a few months. Um, And a couple years prior to that, before she got too sick, and I was actually in the ninth grade here. It was the seventh, eighth, and ninth. Loved my friends, was really doing well, taking French 2, Algebra 2, English to I mean I was really excelling so I had to leave that because my mother got so sick my my uh, sister and husband they're about to have a baby they couldn't care for her so my and my dad wouldn't provide any money so we moved into a poor school district had to leave out all those and learn that my mother had cancer in the sense that it was going to be terminal she spent a lot of her time in this project. This, these these apartments were roach infested. I remember opening the drawer and finding roaches scattering and one falling on my head. And my brother, who was three years older, did his best to try to clear it out. But when you have adjacent walls and a string of project housing, you know, unless the next person gets rid of the bugs, you're not going to either. Um, he was standing in um, line for food, food stamps, cheese, and stuff like that in bulk, because my dad was giving us nothing, hardly. And then uh, in this scenario, though, my dad would come and pick us up on the weekend and take us to church, which I guess we'll give him credit for that, and out to dinner. But I mean, I was scared to death of him. I mean, I didn't have a relationship. I've told you the memories I had up to this time. He had divorced my mother. He was continuing to be running around with other women. He was very uh, wealthy And, um, you know, having a great life. And so when he came to pick us up, I remember sitting across from him at dinner and I could not say a word. I was just scared to death of him, scared that what I would say he would jump on because he was very critical. Uh, you know, it was a performance orientation. If you did perfectly or said it perfectly, acted perfectly, whatever, you got complimented. And he did that for everybody around. Like, wow, this is so great. Look at that big church. Isn't that a great pastor? Look at that great big house over here. Or this person is really great because he's very, um, what do I want to say, um, successful, you know, but never in putting into us. You know, and he was wounded himself. You know, I I talk about in my book that this is not an effort to malign my parents. It's just an effort, since they're both dead today, and they were called to the ministry to say, you can be saved, you can be pastors, you can do everything and say everything right on the outside. But if your soul and heart is wounded like his was, and I talk in the book about why his was and my mom was, they didn't have a very good beginning either in many ways, that you'll go on to replicate that because the sins of the fathers are visited on the third fourth generation, but the righteousness can be extended to a thousand generations. So we're appealing to you in this process like we have done and are doing. You can be healed of these traumas and wounds. You can be healed of the lies that they generate that we're going to talk about in the next podcast. You can be set free from the strongholds of behavior and thinking Um, that emanated and were practiced until they became neural pathways in your brain that we'll talk about last time that have to be erased for the truth. Or you can go on living the rest of your life snared ensnared by the enemy because of what happened to you that isn't your fault, but it now becomes your responsibility.
0: So if this ministers to you, we really want to challenge you to go and get the sample timeline we posted on totallytransformed.org. And uh, we've also linked to it on Twitter and do it yourself and really yeah. break down your life up to your current age and write down your good memories and your bad memories so that you too can have a recorded list of areas that the Lord can address and heal.
1: And for an introduction to our next uh, podcast about the lies you believed and then the steps to healing, what I've found is Lance, there's a lot of ministry that are addressing healing But it's kind of a broad brush stroke, if I would say, like when you're painting. And unfortunately, every one of these things that I described on my timeline were traumatic and wounding. And so if you don't make a specific timeline and then go over the traumas in specific steps of healing and release of strongholds and pulling down lies, then you may be healed in a group meeting. I was healed in several group meetings. Um, that I'm not saying healing can't take place, but usually it's just not comprehensive enough. And when the enemy has been on such a warpath to to damage the home, school, and church, the foundations that build healthy children and then healthy adults, I think this process covers every step and doesn't leave any stone unturned.
0: So let's pray. Okay, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity we have to submit. Our good memories and our bad memories yes, to Lord. you. Thank you so Jesus. that you can come in and do a healing work in our lives. Yes, Lord, because we believe you don't want to leave any stone unturned. That's right. And you want to address everything that we'll bring to you. It's only a matter of whether or not we'll do that and whether or not we'll hold back because you are available and willing to provide healing to every area of our lives and Really, address every event of our lives. Yes. And uh, all things work together for good for those that are called. Thank you, Lord. According to your purposes. Thank you, Jesus. And so, Lord, we just submit these to you. We submit whatever our uh, listening audience may create as they build their own timeline to you. And we ask that you would begin to do a healing work even as they're writing it down. Yes, Lord. But in the name of Jesus. We pray these things.
1: Yes. Amen, Amen. Lord. We thank you, Lord. And I just thank you too, Lord, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You were with us always from the time we were formed in our mother's womb and delivered. So you were there. So if anybody can go back into these memories and heal them, it is you. And we thank you, Lord, that you've stated clearly in your word that you've come to heal us where we need to be healed on the inside in jesus name we pray amen
0: amen well you've been listening to lance borden and dr connie borden on the totally transformed podcast you can connect with us at totallytransform.org subscribe to our website there to stay up to date with our content and then you can also follow us on facebook at totally transformed ministries and also on twitter at tot transformed have a great week and we'll talk to you soon